0: Hello, and welcome to Shireside Chats, a podcast from Fandom Forward featuring conversations with activists, leaders, and writers about the pop culture that made them who they are today. I'm your host, Sabrina Carton. Yes, this week is our off week, but I looked at the weather and thought that it was a beautiful day to not go outside. So I have a special bonus episode for you. This week, I'll be talking to Biona Davis from Black Nerds Create about Black Magical History Month. Bayana Davis is a writer and content creator born and raised in Oakland, California. She's the co-founder of Black Matters Create and co-host of the Hashtag Wizard Team podcast. Biana is a fierce advocate of critical fandom, the increased representation of Black women in media, time travel, dragons, and avoiding the AI apocalypse. You can generally find her fangirling and agonizing about writing on Twitter and Instagram at Yana as a reminder, this podcast and Fandom Forward run on your generous support, so to all of our supporters, thank you. And to become a supporter, you can visit us at patreon.com slash fandomforward or make a one-time donation at fandomforward.org donate. Now, on to the show. Bayana Davis, welcome to Shireside Chats. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I was particularly excited to celebrate Black Magical History Month with Black Nerds Create and to have this conversation with you because, as everyone knows, this is a Lord of the Rings inspired podcast. Tolkien Estate, Do Not Sue, inspired, not actually (laughs) Lord of the Rings. But we haven't really talked about Lord of the Rings that much. But you also have a Lord of the Rings inspired podcast. Please tell our audience a little bit about Black Nerds Create. Black Nerds Create is a
1: collective of folks who provide content around creative and critical fandom to basically talk about, advocate for, and increase representation of Black folks in media. We do a lot of different things. Podcasts, book reviews, we have a community, we do like writing sprints, lots of different stuff. And then February, we're celebrating Black Magical History Month, which is our month-long celebration where we provide like content, social media challenges, different events, celebrating
0: Black fan stories and characters. So, yeah. That's amazing. And we happen to know each other through the Fan Activist Coalition, Mm -hmm. which Fandom Forward is a part of, but also Black Nerds Create is also a part of. So there has been to my knowledge, a lot of collaboration between the two organizations over the years.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've been like 2017 or something, so maybe. And then since then, our partnership has just kind of grown, which has been really cool and fun to like have that sibling org to like do things with and have fun with.
0: So, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. And you and I specifically co wrote a piece together about fan activism with. Katie Bowers, the managing director, the co-managing director of Phantom Forward. We've been looking for a home for it. Editors, if there are any magazine editors listening to this, um, we have a piece that we would like to pitch you, but, <laughs> but I digress. Um, so could you talk a little bit about the Fan Activist Coalition and Black Nerds Creates role within the coalition? So the Fan Activist Coalition is... A
1: coalition. Um, it's like a group <laughs> of different fan activists and organizations. It was funded by Pop Culture Collaborative, which does a lot of work around change making within like fan works and fandoms. And so we started, I want to say that was like beginning of last year, yeah, where we came together to share best practices, community guidelines, and like standards for how to build and maintain healthy fandom communities and so there's a group of, i want to say like 12 or 13 of us who have been doing that work and put out a coalition report i want to say in like june of last year that you can find i know like we link out to it on our website i'm pretty sure it's on fandom ford's website mm-hmm. Just as like a way to kind of talk about the things that we found that are similar because a lot of us are in different fandoms and in different pockets and so talking a lot about the similarities and how we do our work to maintain, like, safe, healthy communities, and then giving, like, resources for folks who want to either get into fandom or who want to become fan activists and organizers. So, yeah, it's been really cool. And I know we're going to, like, start doing some more work this year
0: pretty soon, so I'm excited for that as well. Now, me too. I believe Delia, who is one of the co-hosts of Tolkien Black Folks and a member of the collective is also involved with fandom forward mm-hmm. um so there's there's quite a bit of cross over there or at least i've seen her at a number of different fandom forward events and and i know she's a disney fan and we, we've been cooking up some fun with a disney related campaign so
1: yeah yeah i know delia does some work i know portia who's also on our collective oh yes is on the board as well the two of them have been like Doing their own work within Fandom Forward as well as doing like partnership stuff too through BNC. So that's been cool too.
0: Portia is actually a member of the PR and marketing committee that I am on as well at Fandom Forward. So we know each other quite well. But I do have to ask this is the coziest activism podcast on the internet. Are you ready to get cozy? I'm, I would love cozy. You know, let's, let's do it. <laughs> Amazing. Today I am drinking a chamomile tea. Are you drinking anything cozy or? I mean, I'm drinking water. I try to get through, you know, daily water intake every day. I should have worn my
1: Udi because I would have been super cozy, but that's fine.
0: (laughs) No, no, I get it. It's quite warm today. It's sweater weather in New York right now. Quite warm for February, I mean. Yeah. Like about 55, 60 degrees. But I just went out in just this cozy sweater today. I wanted to follow up on this question about black nerds create and your mission. I'm very interested in your mission framing as, quote, creating content through the lens of critical and creative fandom in order to advocate for and contribute meaningfully to black representation. Mostly because when I hear the phrase critical fandom, I think of academia. So I'm wondering if you could explain that framing a little bit more and talk about how this has helped you grow as an organization and reach black fans around the world. So
1: I started BNC with my cousin and co-founder, Robin Jordan. Towards the beginning of starting Black Nerds Create, we also started our podcast, Wizard Team, which at the time was a Harry Potter podcast and has now since evolved. We now read books by Black authors, like Black fantasy authors. So currently we're reading Amari and the Night Brothers. Portia is now a co-host as well. So that's been super fun. Um, But when we first started, we were sort of outside of fandom at the time and we're just kind of making a real like concerted effort to build community within fandom instead of just being the two of us hanging out and something that we talked a lot about was the importance of critiquing the things that you love sometimes it can just be like just reading deeply because our podcast is a close read I was an English major and like I was coming straight out of college so I'm like we're gonna read a book like we're gonna get deep in it we're gonna really analyze what's happening here but also doing that from like our perspective as black women. And so for us, critical fandom is like critiquing the things that we love, close reading and analyzing the things that we love, but in a way that we hope encourages it to get better or encourages our listeners to kind of like change their perspectives or broaden their perspectives. Because again, we're black nerds create. So if you're hearing our conversations, our critical discussions of a piece of work, then hopefully you're getting inspiration or a different perspective to then take into your own Creative endeavors and projects. So that's kind of like where we come from is like we want to build a space that is safe for critical discussion in critical fandom in the hope that it then like inspires folks to then go
0: and create their own thing. It's academic in a sense, as you said, because you were an English major and you're analyzing it through that lens. But then on the other hand, it's incredibly creative and fun and joyful. Like I said, Shireside Chats is inspired by this cozy Hobbit aesthetic and the idea that activism can be pleasurable and joyful as well as serious. And it really seems like your work really aligns with that in a lot of ways. Can we chat more about the Tolkien Black Folk series, which is part of your BNC Creates podcast?
1: So Tolkien Black Folks originally it was a limited podcast series through our patreon i want to say that was like 2020 me delia and then our co-host connie we decided we wanted to start this bnc presents podcast series so talking black folks is one we have other ones that are like short have different a specific topic and we talk about that thing and so we wanted to do order of the rings we decided we were gonna do that it was really fun it's like nine episodes we went through like why we love Lord of the Rings and like that world and then getting deeper into the lore and backstories and all that kind of stuff, world building. We have a discord community that we do a lot of group reads within. So we had just come off of a group read of the original trilogy. Basically, like, it's sort of our like foray into getting deeper into Tolkien fandom, essentially. Because I would say before that, I wouldn't have considered myself a part of the fandom or like really deep in the Tolkien. Like for me, it was something I did with my family and like, That was kind of it. Like, it wasn't something that I talked about or thought about often. It was more like, you know, oh, a new movie's coming out. I'm going to watch that with my dad. Or it's the holidays. I'm just going to have to like, we're going to do a marathon just because. But it wasn't like I was all the way in it. I think when we started that podcast and the process of that, that is when I think I got deeper into that fandom. And so we did that. We released it in Patreon. And then last year, we started releasing it to the public. In anticipation for the Rings of Power show. So we kind of like updated it a little bit and released them to the public. Um and then in September when the Rings of Power released, we were able to get this like partnership to um do live tweets with Fanology, which is Amazon's fandom social site or social platform. And so three of us and then we have another collective member DJ. The four of us would live tweet and then we did Twitter spaces like the next week to just kind of recap the show and like how we're feeling about the show, what we're thinking. And then those after the season was over, we released those onto our podcast as well. So right now there's like the initial just us generally nerding out about Lord of the Rings. You get a little bit of like backstory and like world building and just why we love this thing. So like eight more episodes of us talking about the Rings of power specifically. So it's been really fun, honestly. Like, that was last year one of my favorite things to do, getting more into the Lord of the Rings. We read The Hobbit and The Silmarillion that year as well. And, like, I think in a month or so, we're going to read The Fall of Numenor. So, like, it's really fun. I didn't expect to actually want to read anything to do with Tolkien because reading it is really a, it's an experience. It's a chore He's not interested in narrative. He's interested in the world building, which I love. But you have to like know that going in, and once you can like get that into your head, and you're like, okay, this is just for how cool all this stuff is. It is really interesting. Yeah, it's it's been it's been fun. If you go to our website, blacknurdscreate like you can get the link to
0: find our BNC Presents podcast, which will have all the token black folks
1: episodes on there.
0: Amazing. I will drop that info in the show notes. I think it's really interesting that world building is sort of the focus for you or that you weren't as big a fan as you are now because you have come into this community and created something with your fellow collective members. I wanted to ask you about how you sort of have this creative imagination of, you know, with this podcast and with my fandom With my love of Lord of the Rings, the thing that I love the most is imagining myself living in that world and being a hobbit, drinking tea, making snack. That ethos, you know, Tolkien said that he was very much a hobbit in every way, except for his appearance. He was a very tall, thin man, but he behaved like a hobbit, essentially. And I identify with that a little bit. You know, I mostly just want to be cozy and read books and sit by the fire and learn things and eat so many delicious snacks and just, you know, be, but I also want to be an activist. So, so much of this is inspired by, by that idea. Do you feel that same affinity or a similar affinity for that universe? Yeah. I mean, I kind of go back and forth between like whether I would
1: be in the Shire or if I would be in Rivendell or something like with the elves. I want to be cozy, you know, like that's what I love to do, especially on weekends when it's cold, like I'm bundled up, I'm reading, or I'm like watching TV, I'm like chilling. But I also don't really know when to stop. So like, <laughs> like B and C, we do a lot of things and I do other things outside of that. And so I'm kind of always busy and always working and always learning and always, you know what I mean, doing that. So I kind of get on real with myself. I probably wouldn't be in the Shire, but I aspire, you know, <laughs>
0: weirdly enough now that you say that I also identify with that like I think that I think of myself as being someone who likes to relax someone who might be a little bit secretly lazy but when I talk to other people that they say you know you're always doing so many different things so I think realistically I would be in Rivendell but or or elsewhere I don't know but
1: like even aesthetically like I love cardigans and like sweaters you know what I mean like I my fashion is cozy but then in terms of like what i'm actually doing it's like i probably they would look at me and be like why are you
0: not like relaxing
1: like yeah why are you running around the shire like
0: chill (laughs) you would be like bilbo and frodo you would like adventure a little bit too much you'd be a disturber of the peace as as all activists are Right, right right it should be yeah are there any episodes of Tolkien Black Folks in particular that stand out as your favorite memories of making this podcast? I want to say it's episode eight. This one does not simply draw without a
1: map or read without a map, something like that. It's when we kind of dive into like the world building. The one thing I bring up about Tolkien Black Folks, like I don't say it's a deep dive only because at the time, like I said, we were very like, we're dipping our toe in, we're learning things. We hadn't yet. Like, I haven't yet read The Silmarillion at that point, you know what I mean? And so now I think if we were to redo it, we'd come to it with, like, a different knowledge set. But that episode was really cool because I love world building, And so getting to, like, talk about the history of Middle-Earth and how it, like, started in one way and then kind of changed because of Morgoth and, like, these elves over here not wanting to come to Valinor. And then all of a sudden, like... Middle-earth is kind of wild, and the Valar decide, you know what, we're going to stay over here and let you, like, you know what I mean, like, there's just all these different things, and, like, it doesn't get too deep into the politics, I guess, in quotes of that, of what happened, but just kind of talking about, like, how Middle-earth and, like, Arda itself changed as the ages went on, you know, Numenor rising, and, like, Balerion, like getting flooded, and, like, all those kind of things, like, so that episode was really fun, just because... I get really
0: nerdy about that kind of stuff. So that, I think, was probably one of my favorite episodes. Well, I'm very excited. I haven't finished listening to the show yet, but I will especially bookmark that one for later. On the last episode of this show, I told the guest that I had been so excited because I think a few days before that, I went to see Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring at Radio City Music Hall with the full live orchestra. And that was the most amazing experience. I was so lucky. I was so happy because I originally saw that tickets were, I think, $150, $200. And I said, you know, I love Lord of the Rings, but that's a lot of money. But then at the last minute, I saw that tickets were on sale for like 40 bucks, And I said, well, that, you know, 40 bucks, I can spend 40 bucks on this experience you know, it felt so deeply moving to be in community with thousands of fans. Everyone was laughing at their favorite memes, you know, the moments that would become memes throughout the course of the last 20 years or so. But I mostly spent the time that I wasn't, you know, hyper focused on the music, thinking about themes of leadership And masculinity and power struggles. That's kind of how I approach my interpretations. I'm wondering if it's very similar for you, because when I think of Lord of the Rings and the Fellowship, I think of this group of men trying to accomplish something through this shared leadership. And it's not, you know, Aragorn is the heir to Gondor. And so inherently he's the most powerful person, or Gandalf is a wizard. I love this idea that. No matter how small you are, no matter how inconsequential people around you think you are, your actions and the things that you believe can actually change the world. And obviously, the ring being this metaphor for absolute power corrupting absolutely, that's the lens that I look at this through, you know, to some extent. So I'm just wondering if that's something that ever comes up in the show.
1: A little bit, yeah. We also, in general, also talk about just, like, because the other thing about, like, the Lord of the Rings and even the Rings of Power is that it's after the big battle has happened. You know what I mean? It's, like, the aftershocks of, like, this huge world trauma, um, which I always found to be really interesting. Like, the Silmarillion goes through all of that stuff that happened, but it's, like, one book and it has little parts and it doesn't really, like, expand through the entire thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting thing about just like the fight not being over. You might defeat the big bad, but that doesn't mean that there aren't little bads scurrying around trying to recreate what was happening. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that like you kind of become complacent. Although I think that like it could be argued that they kind of did, and that's part of the reason why now it's like we only really have so much time. We gotta go like throw this ring into the the fires of Mount Doom. Yeah. So I, I do think about that. I also think about just friendship in general as well, like everybody is all just so tender with each other and so sweet and it's just like it's so nice also i will say like now i have not watched those movies in like a year and it feels weird because in 2020 like i watched all three like 15 times like i'm not even exaggerating it was like literally it was kind of on a loop i was just like probably since like because we started the podcast or started preparing for the podcast in like november of 2019 And so I watched it then just in preparation. And then after that, I was just like, no, this is delightful. And then like COVID hit. And I was like, well, I just like, I need to go someplace where I just feel like held and just cozy. And you know what I mean? So like, it's definitely also just one of my like comfort movies. Uh, Yes. like if I, if I, something stressful happens or even like there was, I had a migraine. I think it was like allergy related, but I couldn't, you know, you can't have lights and like, I couldn't watch anything and I couldn't read. So I was just really bored. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just turn on two towers. And then I'll just listen to it because I already know what's happening. I don't actually have to watch it. Like I could just listen to it. I was like dozing in now to sleep, but it was on in the background. And it was just very nice and like, <laughs> very comfortable. And so very cozy. So yeah, so it gives me like those, you know, themes of, activism and working together and all that kind of stuff but then it also is just like a comfort so i love when things can be both
0: yeah me too it's become a tradition in my home that we watch lord of the rings you know the trilogy extended edition around the holiday season so around christmas and hanukkah i'll usually get started and i'll do something different every year but there was part of the first episode of your podcast the three of you talked about how Lord of the Rings is great for when you have like a really long task. Like I think you said, if you're black and you're sitting in the chair and you're getting your hair done, like you can spend an entire trilogy, like getting your hair braided and, and done, which I think is so fascinating. Um, and then someone said, oh, you know, I organized my entire apartment and I was watching Lord of the Rings, but you, you can get distracted at the same time. Yeah. I, I well, actually- sometimes like
1: if I'm doing like, Busy work or not busy work, but just you know mindless work. I'm on spreadsheets or something like that. I'll just put it on. I'll like put the DVD in and just do my work, and it's just on because it's like I don't know. At this point, I think it's one of those things. Like I've seen it so much that like I don't have to be paying full attention, but like I'm paying enough attention that like the moment something that I love comes, I'm like, oh, this is my part. Like okay, let me like <laughs> focus on the movie now. but I also like so. Just like also being able to watch it with people. So I have a younger sister. She's like 10. And so I introduced her to Lord of the Rings maybe like two years ago. Because I realized that I saw all of the movies in the theaters. And I was like seven when the first movie came out. (laughs) So like it was like a moment where I just had an epiphany. I was like, I've seen all these movies in the theater. And I'm like, I think seven is too young to watch this movie. But I was like... If I could watch it at 7, she could watch it at, like, 8 or 9. Like, I think it's fine. But that's been really cool because I, like, one of our, one of the things that we do to hang out is we, like, watch a bunch of nerdy stuff. And I introduce her to a lot of different fandoms that I'm into. And so doing that with her is really fun because, like, getting to watch it with someone, watching it for the first time is also, it's, like, a different, you know, it's a different experience. It's, like, you don't get to watch it again for the first time anymore. Like, I've seen it a bunch of times now, like, countless times. So, like, that's been fun, too. And it's been a fun... Experience the last couple
0: of years for sure. That's wonderful. I remember the first time that I decided to watch the entire trilogy around the holidays. I had seen the movies before, but I started this tradition the year that I wanted to create a Zoom wall. So I had a wallpaper in my living room that I put up, and it took me about six or seven hours to put up the entire thing and to put up all of my paintings and framed photos and and decorations. But I had the movies going on in the background, and it was just such a pleasure that I had to do it every year, regardless of whether I had some sort of interior decorating challenge that I had set for myself. So definitely a good thing to have on in the background. I mean, that's Lord of the Rings. It's just a comfort in general. I once was on a Zoom call, a celebrity Zoom call during the 2020 election season. And it was very funny, like, Leo DiCaprio was there, and I was just thinking about how I'm already too old for him to be interested, which is a little dismal, but I'm I'm kidding. I'm married. But the one that really got to me was uh, Orlando Bloom was there, and I just... Oh, okay.
1: what?
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He like, one of my
1: first celebrity crushes, I think. But really, him as Legolas. Like, I don't... Just him he as Legolas. A, he's a good-looking guy, but, like, he's not actually, like, by type in any kind of sense. But him as Legolas, I was just like, there's something about... <laughs> this there elf <laughs> is, there is something about like
0: like, like i love him yeah i've grown into a love for aragorn not you for know, me but, for me but eomer i don't yeah. know
1: what it, i don't know why it, it it was not the case when i was a kid but like for some reason more recently i'm just like something about eomer but again i don't I again I'm not, i don't have any feelings about the actual actors themselves but them yeah. as, the, as the character i'm like that's
0: perfect I think I, I feel the same way about all of them. You know, I'm not super interested in any of these actors, but I think those characters specifically embody such an interesting quality or different qualities, and, and I just love them. I will say I wish I could be friends with the actors who play Marion and Pippin because I listen to their podcast, The Friendship Onion, and it, they really do seem like that's who they are in real life. Like, they became very close friends, and... They would just hang out and go to music stores and and buy CDs and and just geek out about music and food. They still travel together and they go out to to new restaurants and they have a lot of adventures. So those are the guys that, you know, from the fellowship, I wish they were my friends in real life because they seem like a, a hoot and a half. But one more thing, I wanted to ask you, a, well, a couple more things. You recently appeared on NPR to talk about Black Magical History Month, and you they did ask you about rings of power and representation of Black actors and Black characters within the Tolkien Legendarium. One, I want to link to that in the show notes. Everyone should go listen to that interview. But two, can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: In The Rings of Power, there were four black characters, which was great. Like, honestly, like, I don't think any of us, and we may have, I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or not. We talk all the time, so I can never remember if it was, like, recorded or not. (laughs) But I was not really keeping up with The Rings of Power when it was in production, mostly because I was like, I don't really know what to expect. Like, it could be great, could be not great. Like, I don't want to get my hopes up. And I think it was, like, coming off of Game of Thrones, too. So it was just, like, I don't want to, if it's a fantasy property, I don't want to, like, big it up before we actually see what's happening. And so I wasn't really, like, I may have seen some of the casting announcements, but I wasn't really, like, paying that much attention. And then I think maybe the trailer came out, and I was like, oh, okay, this is, like, this is amazing. And, like, all of these characters of color look so great. And, like, obviously that, you know, Creates more questions about where they all went during Lord of the Rings and whatever, but it's fine. But yeah, so that was just cool. Like, Sadduck and Arondier, Disa, Disa and Muriel, like, I really stand and I just am like, I want Funko Pops of them. I don't know why the Rings of Power hasn't done a Funko Pop collab yet, but I'm like waiting for those because I'm going to buy them immediately. Yeah, I think it was just really interesting to have them there. I kind of like hope that we get more. They are great. I love them, but like we'll see what happens, I guess, you know. I also just stand Galadriel, which doesn't have to do with like black representation, but
0: I just feel like it needed to be said. <laughs> I, I it's like Marge Simpson holding a potato. I just think she's neat. Yeah. She's so yeah. great. <laughs> Death, taxes, and the creation of Funko Pops. Those are the most inevitable things in life. I'm I think
1: just I, waiting. I think, I think it'll, like happen. I know it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen. I'm not like
0: worried that it's not gonna happen. Just trying to figure out what's taking so long, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get you. Bayana, is there anything else that you'd like to share about Black Nerds Create? And what are you looking forward to in the last week of Black Magical History Month? So we, this week for Black Magical History Month, Friday
1: the 24th, we'll be doing a movie night, movie watch of Black Panther. So we'll be on our community Discord. If you want to join, you can go to our website and it'll you can find how to do that and we'll be watching black panther on the 24th at five thirty pacific time eight thirty eastern and then on that saturday the 25th we'll watch wakanda forever um we split it up we like had to pull people like do you want to watch it on the same day or split it and they said split so um, that i'm super excited about especially because wakanda forever just released on disney plus the beginning of this month and so i'm i haven't seen it since maybe december so i'm like excited to watch it again and like in community if you don't join the discord we'll also be live tweeting so um you can join that way as well but yeah other than that we just have like our daily challenge that you can participate in we have quizzes coming out we have shout outs of other like black creators um historical facts lots of different stuff we're kind of at the end which I'm like, I'm glad it's always like a, it's like a marathon (laughs) this month, but yeah, lots of stuff. And then after that, we'll take a really tiny break, like not really that long. And we have podcasts dropping. Our podcast wizard team is weekly, drops on Wednesdays. We're currently, like I said, discussing Amari and the Night Brothers, which is this really cool um, middle grade fantasy novel. It's like Men in Black is kind of one of the comps. This girl who, whose brother goes missing, but then he leaves her this nomination to enter this, like, supernatural world. It's the Bureau of Supernatural Investigations. And so she joins the Bureau in order to find her brother. Then she finds out that she's a magician, which is illegal in this world. And so she has to, like, combat that, all of the kind of, like, being ostracized and distrusted or mistrusted one of those words, <laughs> but not being trusted while also trying to like find her brother who has disappeared and potentially been kidnapped by another evil magician. So it's super cool, really fun. Um, And we're currently reading that. Yeah, I think you can follow us on Twitter at BLKNerdsCreate and on Instagram and Tumblr at Black NerdsCreate, where you can kind of keep up with all of the things that we're doing. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard for me to be like, oh, and what else is coming up?
0: A lot. Yeah. That's it. Amazing. Well, I hope to join you for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I have not seen it yet. I haven't uh, been going to the
1: movies so much. but it. That's um, real. Like, I don't go except for, like, specific movies. So this was, like, one where I was like, no, I have to go. And then I think we went, like, three more times after
0: that. <laughs> but- yeah. No, I saw the first I saw the first one in theaters and I really loved it. It was probably one of the best movies I had seen that year. And I think I just missed the. I've been missing the boat on on most Marvel movies these days, except when they're on Disney Plus. But I would most of all love to see this in a community that cares so much and is really interested in celebrating the movie. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us, Biana, on Shireside Chats, and I'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks so much. Shireside Chats is an independent production of Fandom Forward, executive produced by Brian Carton and hosted and produced by me, Sabrina Carton. Special thanks to Claire Tye and Brenna Gillespie, and of course to our Patreon subscribers. To follow us and learn more about supporting fan activism, visit fandomforward.org. Thanks for listening.